1: and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important.
0: Damian Lillard.
1: That was for Seattle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, happy holidays
1: and thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio, our last of 2022 And at the end of the year, if you've listened to us since 2004, you know that we do our top 10 sports business stories of the year. We look back at the year that was. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. And uh, every time we get to this moment, it's always like, wow, that was a year already. It just flies by as it always does. But uh, always a fun show to dig into our top 10. And every year there's always some big sports stories. So I'm looking forward to the show.
1: Yeah. And we've had some great guests this year as well so i would invite our listeners to go back into the sports business radio podcast archives and um you know just some amazing guests we kicked off the year with monica aldama from the netflix show cheer one of the best coaches in the country in any sport uh molly bloom was with us uh you know we just got back from doing some shows in uh st petersburg with the tampa bay lightning in san francisco with the golden state warriors um it was so good griggs to be out on the road last week i mean we hadn't done a road show in almost three years so
0: yeah
1: um it felt good uh we've got a bunch of road shows coming up in 2023 so we'll be out on the road again and uh, it's always fun to be in front of a studio audience and to uh see people in person including our guests
0: Yeah, it was nice to be in person with people, and uh, you and I dominate the cities we always go to by uh, walking and fooding and drinking uh, some good drinks and uh, seeing some great locations. So it's always fun, especially at Christmas time. It was fun to see San Francisco with the tree and go on the cable car and do all that stuff. So it was fun.
1: Yeah, your first trip to San Francisco. So you got to go on the cable car, not trolley. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we had some great Chinese food in Chinatown. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, we did not go ice skating. Nope, that was a little bit of uh, an upset. Yep. Uh, usually, we do ice skating during our December roadshow time. But you know, I got to say, San Francisco ice skating just not the same as New York City at Central Park or Rock Center.
0: Yeah, we walked by the rink a couple times, and it was just like a little underwhelming. And I was like, you know what? Let's keep it at the fancy ones, the big ones, the good ones, and uh, we'll we'll just skip San Fran this time.
1: Yeah. So again, uh, if you're listening, you can watch this on our Sports Business Radio YouTube channel, which you can find the link at sportsbusinessradio.com or obviously listen uh, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Um, Like I said, we've been around since 2004. Uh, We've got a truckload of archives that you can go back and listen to. Let's get to it, Greg. Let's start with our 10th biggest story of the year 2022 this according to our crack staff at sports (laughs) business radio um the passing of a few icons and and you know sometimes the word icon gets thrown around lightly these two are giants Um, literally one of them was a giant bill russell 11 time nba champion the first black nba head coach a social justice giant um you know he is on the MVP trophy for the NBA Finals. Uh, he died on July 31st. and you know, he had a great life, such an impact on on so many people. One of the most distinguishable laughs that you would ever hear in your life. Um, you know, he helped lay the blueprint for many players, including the late Kobe Bryant. Um, but when you talk about winners in sports, Not too many people have won more than 11 championships and, you know, left the legacy that he left the Boston Celtics uh, great Bill Russell.
0: Yeah, 11 champs in 13 years. I mean, just think about that. Like most guys play and don't even maybe even get to the finals. That's like a, you know, a wish list item. 11 champs in 13 seasons It's crazy. He's a 12-time All-Star, a five-time MVP. Uh, One little tidbit I looked up. He was actually cut from his junior high team and almost from his high school team. I love those stories where they're the underdog and then look at what he turned into be. So this is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And endured a lot of tough times and hatred uh, for being a black athlete back in the day. Um, Had people break into his house and write terrible things on the wall in his home. And, you know, was, uh, like I said, a social justice warrior. Um, So he was so much more than just a great athlete. He was a great humanitarian and, you know, his impact will be felt for many, many years to come. But if you're looking at the history of the NBA, he's on the Mount Rushmore of people who had the greatest impact on the league, without a doubt. I think it's great that everyone's been wearing the number six patch on their jerseys. Uh, The Celtics have it on their court. So we lost uh, Bill Russell this year. Then we lost another giant. And. You know, I think some people who've listened to this show know I went to school in Los Angeles. I went to Loyola Marymount. I had the pleasure of listening to Vince Scully while I lived in Los Angeles. And Vince Scully left us on August 2nd. So, here in the span of just a few days, we lost Bill Russell and then we lost Vince Scully. But Vince Scully, you know, was the soundtrack of so many great sporting events of my lifetime. Um, you know, he was on network TV, he called golf, he called NFL football, he called baseball. but he's probably best known for being the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers and, you know, really being the, you know, person who uh, documented everything that happened to that franchise for decades. And as players come and go, he was the constant that remained with the Dodgers. And, you know, if you remember, Uh, Bob Costas joined us. I think it was last year. Um, The time is all distorted now to me, but um, and he talked about how Vince Scully called such a great game was so vivid with his description that Ray Charles asked, asked Bob Costas to introduce him to Vince Scully. And, you know, I, I guess that's probably the highest compliment you can have is when someone who can't see feels like they could, have someone paint a picture of what baseball would look like if they could see. And that's what he thought Vin Scully did. It's about the highest compliment you can have as a a play-by-play person, but he was the best and, you know, we will miss him. But, you know, like with Bill Russell, the impact that Vin Scully has left will be felt for many, many years to come.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a radio guy. I always have loved it. And I live in the Portland area so we didn't get Dodgers games all the time but then when streaming started taking on I could you know catch some and I mean he's just masterful it was nine innings of of storytelling and just the way he painted the picture like you just mentioned uh especially for baseball I think he was just perfect for baseball because he had that kind of a relaxed, slow, just calming, you know, presence about his voice. I love listening to him. I mean 67 seasons calling those games. That is just incredible. He's got an Emmy, a couple of Hall of Fames in there, Radio Hall of Fame. The list goes on forever, but uh yeah, he is just uh the master of his craft and will be missed for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean 67 years. <laughs> Crazy. Doing anything yeah. <laughs> is remarkable. Right. But doing what he did and being at the top of his craft for Many of those 67 years, um, you know, gosh, we'll miss him. You know, like you said, as as radio broadcasters, he's what we all strive to be, Um, was a good human being as well, just like Bill Russell. So, you know, those are two icons that will be missed. I would be remiss if we didn't mention one other person that we lost recently, literally in the last week, and that's Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach. Um, You know, all the stories are flooding out since his death about all the kind things that he did. Uh, I just read a story today on Sports Illustrated about uh, a black single mother who lived in Mississippi, who owned a restaurant. And, you know, Mike Leach loved the food in there, found out that they were, uh, you know, suffering tough times during the pandemic. And he wrote a check to save her restaurant. He impacted so many of his players, so many different coaches, you know, was just the straightest shooter you can have. If you Google some of his videos, uh, I think my favorite one is his thoughts on marriage. Uh, when someone at a press conference told him that they were going to be getting married soon, he went on to this five minute, you know, dialogue <laughs> about what between now and the wedding was going to look like with the planning. Um You know, he was an outside the box thinker with the air raid offense that he ran, laid the blueprint for other coaches that followed after him, only 61 years old. So, um, you know, whereas Bill Russell and Vince Scully were older and, you know, had more full lives, uh, Mike Leach, I feel like was taken from us far too soon and very suddenly. So, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention him in, in the losses this year.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite interviews I heard about him was his love of pirates. He just would go off yes. on pirates and it would just yeah. go forever. And I love when somebody would interview him, you know, he'd, you'd ask one question about the game or whatever, and then basically the rest of the interview was about something other than the game, which was just right. awesome. And uh, again, another, a great storyteller all over the place, but so funny. His interviews are just iconic. I've already been, since he passed, I've been pulling them up on YouTube and just watching them over and over because they're so funny.
1: I mean, hit me up at SB Radio with your thoughts on Twitter, but I was thinking after he died, he's got to be in the conversation for the greatest press conference person of all time. You know, we talk about Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich really giving us nothing during press conferences and stonewalling the media. (laughs) When you're looking at the people who consistently, not just one or two times, but consistently entertained us at press conferences after games, Mike Leach has to be at least in the top three for most entertaining press conferences consistently of all time. So, again, like I said, listeners, hit me up on Twitter at SB Radio if you have other people on that list. But, I mean, Griggs, don't you agree?
0: hundred percent. I mean, it's, and he was not one of those guys that would Marshawn Lynch it and come to say no comment. He was in there right. and he'd be in there for 15, 20 minutes talking. I mean, he's the last guy to leave. And I love that too. Cause he respected what all the media was doing. He respected the teams and everything involved, but, uh, Oh, I agree. I, it's gotta be top three, top five for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Our ninth biggest story of the year, 2022, this is kind of a combo, but two very prominent athletes, saw their careers go downward maybe not money wise but certainly reputation wise let's start with kyrie irving um you know we talked about that at length on the show this year i won't go back into it but you know he liked an anti-semitic video uh on twitter on social media um you know there's all kinds of things going on with him this past year and again i'm not going to redocument all of it but He lost his sponsorship with Nike. He was suspended and fined by the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA. He had to go through sensitivity training. Um, You know, I think we look at Kyrie Irving pretty differently now than maybe we did two years ago. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And you have to wonder, like, who wants this guy on their team? And he's certainly not going to get the money that he would have had he just played basketball and kept his nose out of controversy? Um, so, you know, that's one big athlete who fell. And then the other one, Griggs, is Phil Mickelson. So Mickelson in February was dropped by Workday, Callaway, KPMG, uh, Heineken. The, they all dropped him in February. Um but he didn't really care because he was too busy signing a $200 million contract with the Live Golf Tour uh, weeks later as they launched. And we'll get to that later in the show. But, um, you know, when you lose all your sponsors, when you lose your reputation, when people look at you differently, when they boo you wherever you go, it's it's tough. And these were two very prominent, uh, successful and I would say well liked athletes before this year.
0: Yeah, and I think Kyrie a little bit might be more than Phil, but I feel feel like Kyrie's controversy followed him around a little bit more. He always had something going on off the court that wasn't quite you know in tune with what uh, maybe the team wanted. So I think that kind of was not terribly surprising when he did the last you know f up that he just did. But uh, I think Phil is more was more well liked. I would say for you know around the world. But um, I mean, man, what a February for Phil loses all those sponsorships. But of course, like you said. You're signing 200 and whatever million with the live. So it didn't really matter to him. But, uh, you know, I miss seeing Phil around. I thought he was such a fun player to to watch play. And, uh, you know, you, you just always he was never out of the hunt in a, in a tournament, especially a major. He could always show up and play. So uh, we'll see what we see on the live tour with him. But, uh, yeah, those are two big names that had some uh, some rough 2022s.
1: So I'll be interesting to see who signed Kyrie in 2023 and for how much. And I would guess it's going to be on a short term deal, like a one, maybe two year deal. Yeah. And then with Phil, like he's kind of embraced being the black hat and and the villain. Um, he literally wears all black now. Yeah. He's got <laughs> his own logo on his hat. He has no logos on his shirt. Um, you know, he sold the soul to the live tour, and he's making two hundred million dollars, and you know, uh, lost all of his sponsors. So, um, you know. We'll see what happens in the future for Kyrie and Phil. Our eighth biggest sports business story of 2022. More controversy, Griggs. We had two owners who have been in the news for a long time for what they've been doing, but it all kind of came to a head in 2022. First, Dan Snyder. Um, I mean, there have been congressional hearings there have been reports that led to the firing of John Gruden cuz emails got leaked we've learned that Dan Snyder has done some pretty bad things i mean he hired private investigators to tail the former uh, gm of the washington commanders and they did so with drones and with showing up on construction sites and i mean you want to talk about crossing the line mm-hmm. and you know what he's done with the cheerleaders and women in the organization it's all very well Documented. But on November 2nd, he announced that he was engaging Bank of America to facilitate a sale for the team. So, when you're looking ahead to 2023 and you're looking for some of the biggest sports business stories of the year, the sale of the Washington Commanders is going to be one of those big stories. And, you know, the Denver Broncos are the most recent NFL team to sell. They sold for $4.65 billion. I would expect the commanders to get more than that. It's going to be closer to $5 billion. So it will set the record for the highest sale in NFL history. Um, and furthermore, the the you know stain that the NFL has on it right now from the ownership of Dan Snyder will be removed from the league. So the NFL and Roger Goodell can't get Dan Snyder out of the league fast enough. I'm sure if they could sell them tomorrow, or specifically before the Super Bowl on February 7th, that would be great. So Roger Goodell doesn't have to stand up at his State of the Union press conference at the Super Bowl and ask answer questions about Dan Snyder and, you know, these reports and all the things that he's done. Um, the other owner that has faced controversy this year is Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. He announced that he'd be selling the team on september 21st and griggs as we tape this today matt ashibia is the president and ceo of united wholesale mortgage it's a michigan-based company he purchased the suns for a record four billion dollars he was a walk-on for michigan state he was part of the spartans 2000 national championship team he's close with hall of fame coach tom izzo he previously made a 32 million dollar donation to the basketball program. But if you recall, go back a few months when the Sarver uh, announcement was made that he was going to start soliciting offers for the team. Yours truly said $4 billion would be the sales price. And some people were like, oh, it's only going to be $3 billion or (laughs) $2.5. No one's going to pay $4 billion. And by the way, the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA are also included in the sale and they have good value as well. But it's a $4 billion sales price. So I was right. Um, And it's an NBA record for sales. And again, just like we said, Roger Goodell would be happy to have Dan Snyder out of the league. Adam Silver will be very happy to have Robert Sarver and his controversy out of the league. And this new owner who becomes the youngest owner, 42 years old, uh, in the league. So Um, Also some fresh thinking, most likely some new energy because he's a young guy. Um, You know, we remember when Mark Cuban came into the league and brought some new energy with him. It's always good to have younger owners come in and bring that energy. And, you know, they're probably going to be around for a while as well. I hope that whoever buys the commanders and I hope this new owner of the Suns were thoroughly vetted (laughs) by the NFL and the NBA So we don't find skeletons in their closets like we did with Snyder and with Robert Sarver. And so we don't have a repeat of that poor behavior. You would think both leagues really vetted these owners carefully.
0: Yeah, you'd hope so, because, uh, you know, those are are two big franchises, especially the Washington Commanders. I mean, that brand's iconic. I mean, and the stadium and the the market's big and Phoenix is too, but you know, it, it's good. Like you said, it's good to get these stains removed <laughs> that have been in the works. I mean, I think it's been many, many years, especially Dan Snyder of just, you know, still skeletons in the closet and knowing that this was not looking good. And finally we're getting around to getting these guys out and getting some new young blood, but it'll be interesting to see. We've talked about it when we talked about the Dan Snyder stuff earlier in the year, who's going to buy it. And the list is, you know, Jeff Bezos and it goes on and on, but, uh, That'll be interesting to see and how much they go for too, because you're, you know, you predicted the four bills. So we'll see what happens with the commanders.
1: Well, one thing I didn't predict and every article I read, no one had Matt Ishibia. No, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly on anyone's list. So what this shows you is these deals get done in the dark of the night, behind the scenes, they're not played out through the media. And you wake up one day and it's like, oh, the sons are sold. And here's the person that no one knew about that was buying the team. And they have a basketball background and they know Adam Silver and they know some of the other owners. And now they're in the club and they paid a record $4 billion. We don't know who the other bidders were. Maybe there were others. I would assume there were, but 4 billion. I mean, again, if you're one of these leagues, you get to say, Hey, look, we have a new record sales price. So, anything after this, whether it's the Portland Trail Blazers or anything else, you can say this house in the neighborhood just went for $4 billion. Yeah. It ups the ante for anyone else who wants to buy their way into the league.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, and I, being in Portland, there's always been rumors of after Paul Allen's passing, if the Blazers are going to be sold. And I've read a couple things today about, you know, hey, this brings the market up. Like you're like you're saying, when your next door neighbor s- sells for four bill, hey, all of a sudden the Blazers are worth, you know, instead of 2.25, it's, hey, we're in 3.75 range, four billion range. So I think it, it does help the sales and uh, the movement of these other teams that are up for sale. But uh, man, that's big money and it just keeps going up every year.
1: All right. Our seventh biggest sports business story of the year 2022. Sports media rights continue to soar. So the Big Ten, the NFL on Amazon, MLS and MLB on Apple. These are all things that were announced this year. Uh, Griggs, the Big Ten deal, seven years. We talked about this earlier in the year. It's The agreement is with Fox, CBS, and NBC. It's going to bring them $7 billion. The deal is going to begin on July 1st. Again, I always joke on this show. This is amateur athletics, right. $7 billion. And that's not for the NCAA and all of college athletics. That's just for the Big Ten Conference. So, you know, you see Major League Soccer. This was a pretty groundbreaking deal because they're the first league to go exclusively onto streaming. They made the deal with Apple for 10 years. And you and I have talked a lot lately about long-term deals. $2.5 billion. Apple is going to show all MLS regular season and League Cup games on Apple, on the streaming platform. So, if you were a local broadcaster, and we know some of them for the Major League Soccer teams on TV, you're out. Like your job is is done. It's network only. There's no local TV broadcasts anymore. Um, you're streaming only. So there's no over-the-air TV. MLS had been with ESPN for over uh, 25 years. And you know, you look at MLB. MLB still has over-the-air deals, but their streaming deal was a big deal. So then you talk about streaming, and you go into Amazon, and Amazon is the exclusive uh, sponsor or you know carrier of Thursday Night Football. Thirteen billion dollar deal that runs through twenty thirty three. It's basically a billion dollars a year. Uh, it means Amazon's paying for. Each game is roughly $67 million to broadcast a game. And by the way, Greg, there have been some stinker Thursday night football games. Yeah. So you're paying 67 mil for a stinker. You know, you're not getting the the cream of the crop games like Sunday night football or even Monday night football. You're kind of getting the the stinky games and you're paying $67 million for those games. We're going to see Amazon do the first Black Friday game next year. so. Um, you know, at a certain point, are we going to have a game from the NFL every day of the week? Yeah. Sunday, Monday, we've seen Saturday games, Thursday games. Like, (laughs) you know, when are we going to have Tuesday, Wednesday? And uh, we just said Black Friday. So like, I guess Tuesday and Wednesday will be the only times that we won't have NFL games. But with the amount of money that's being thrown around for these media rights, the NFL almost can't say no to uh, some of those opportunities.
0: Well, yeah. And the NFL's king and it gets the most viewers. And no matter how bad the game is, there's still millions of people tuning in. And uh, I think Amazon's done a good job. I like the you know, the video stuff around it and the crew. And I think they've, uh, they've done a good job with it. And of course, you know, it's NFL. They're going to, they're going to make these things, you know, pop and make it big and have the production around it. So I think it's, uh it's going well. And I was, when you were talking about all this, these numbers and billions, I, you know, not even that many years ago, everything, millions was a lot right? right now. Everything we're talking about has to be in front of it. Like the TV rights deals yeah. and the sales of these teams. And, you know, I think the NBA TV rights is up 2024, 25 season. How's that, how's that going to go? I mean, where's that going to end up? That's going to be fun to see too.
1: Well, and that's why you see a sales price for the Suns of $4 billion. That owner, I guarantee you, is factoring in, we're going to get a lot of money from the media rights deal. So this is going to be worth it to pay the $4 billion. Um, So he's getting in early. Before the media rights deal is done, a team like the Portland Trailblazers, they may wait until after the media rights deal is negotiated to sell the team and say, look, this is part of what you're going to inherit as an owner. We're jacking up the price because you're going to get all this media money. So um, it's interesting to watch the landscape of these teams. But, you know, as we just showed you with the Big Ten, the NFL on Amazon and MLS and MLB on Apple, the media rights continue to soar. Live sports on TV is the most valuable thing on TV because it's unpredictable. People are going to watch it live. They're going to stay glued to their TV. I mean, you know, we'll talk about this later, but that World Cup final game, you weren't moving anywhere from your TV when there were PKs and there was extra time and, you know, you were glued to your TV. You cannot find that with most any other type of programming that you're going to put on over the air TV. So that's why you see these these uh, media rights continue to soar.
0: Yeah, and I think it's the streaming is is awesome because you could be in a plane and pay for the Wi-Fi and you're watching World Cup, you know, from thirty five thousand feet in the air. I mean, it's right. just there's stuff that when you and me grew up, that was nothing. It was four channels on the turn dial, you know, and that was it. And now it's like, oh, just pick up your phone, your tablet, your iPad, whatever, and you can watch basically anything you're subscribed to. So, I mean, I think it's the death of local TV broadcast, but it's uh it's fun because you can get it wherever you want. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this.
1: When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR.
0: Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger.
1: All right, our sixth biggest story of 2022, USC and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten in 2024. And as I said when this happened, which it happened earlier in the year, it was announced on June 30th, when I read this on Twitter, I was like, this has got to be a typo. Like (laughs) UCLA and USC are on the Pacific Coast. They can't play in the Midwest footprint. This doesn't make any sense. What are we doing here? But sure enough, the regents have approved UCLA. USC is a private institution, and they you know, knew what they were doing all along. And those media rights that we just told you about with the Big Ten, the $7 billion, a big reason they were able to get $7 billion is they said, hey, look, we're bringing USC and UCLA with us. So this is literally a deal that's going to change the landscape of college sports. You're going to see games between USC and UCLA against Big Ten opponents played earlier. Um, These are huge markets. I mean, they're both in L.A., but they both have enormous fan bases, Um, you know, USC and UCLA. And we've had Matt Leinert on this year and we've had, you know, other people, uh, you know, Ryan Leaf, who played at Washington State. They've all talked about they want to play during the time when the most amount of people can watch. And when you play in the Pac-12 and you play on the West Coast, your games start at 10 p.m. Eastern. And even though Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy for USC, there's just not that much exposure for the athletes who are starting their games at 10 PM Eastern. So if you can go play in the Big Ten, you can get more NIL money, you can play in the prime part of the day when people are going to watch their games more and you're going to be more of a household name and you're going to raise your draft stock because more people are going to watch you. Of course you're going to do it. And USC and UCLA knew that the Pac-12 was on the decline and the Big Ten. And remember, we had Kevin Warren on last year. And who knew Kevin Warren was going to pull this rabbit out of his hat, the commissioner of the Big Ten? I mean, he's got to be up for sports business executive of the year for what he did with the Big Ten this year. But this was a huge story, Griggs. And again, 2024, You know, we're going to see this. And oh, by the way, we're also going to see you know, Texas and uh, is it Oklahoma moved to the SEC in the not too distant future. So the college sports landscape, it is changing quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think and we're seeing the playoff expanding too. So, I mean, you're seeing how this whole thing is just revolving into a whole another world. And uh, I mean, like with USC and, and you, UCLA, Big Ten's great. I mean, look, they compete. You got Ohio State, you got Michigan, you got Penn State. You got even Purdue shows up. You got Indy. I mean, you're big team big teams that are always in the top four or five teams at the end of the se- uh, season. So I think it's a it's a great move for both those LA teams. And again, you got the huge LA market. Uh there's obviously going to be some more travel expenses and they'll basically oh see, right, yeah. I mean, you're going to be traveling earlier in the week and all that too. But uh yeah, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're gonna see schools moving all over the place and you know. The power five could be changing to who knows what it ends up being, you know, North and South or whatever they end up calling it or North, South, East, West, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, this is fun to watch. And again, amateur athletics, right? No money involved here, just billions and billions and billions.
1: (laughs) Well, and we just saw recently, this isn't in our top 10, but eventually it will be the expansion of the college football playoff, right? It's not going to be four teams anymore. It's going to expand beyond that. So how is that going to impact college football? Um, You know, just a lot happening with the sports landscape. Mark Emmert is stepping down, the longtime president of the NCAA, a guest on this show. He's going to be replaced, I believe, in March. So it continues to evolve. You wonder how long the NCAA is going to remain in existence. Are the conferences just going to govern themselves at some point? Again, if you're getting $7 billion for your media rights, you probably could govern yourself. I mean, you're bigger than the NCAA at that point. I would say absolutely the Big Ten is more powerful than the NCAA Mm -hmm. as an organization. Um, So we'll watch that story closely. Our fifth biggest story of 2022, the emergence of the Live Golf Tour. This came on the scene in July. And Griggs, they took some big names from the PGA Tour. We told you earlier, $200 million for Phil Mickelson. Uh, Dustin Johnson, $125 million, by the way, how else do you get Dustin Johnson? You say, I'm going to give you $125 million just to play on our tour, but then we're going to give you incredible prize money. And we're going to give you, if you win the points at the end of the year, kind of like the FedEx cup, you get an $18 million bonus. So Dustin Johnson this year brought in $125 million to sign with the live golf tour. Then he brought in another $35 million in prize and bonus money from the live golf tour. So when you start looking at career earnings of these golfers, you're paying Phil Mickelson, who's been around for a while, 200 million. That's more than he had earned in his entire career. You're paying Dustin Johnson more this year than he had earned in his entire career. To this point, these guys have won majors. They won lots of golf tournaments, they're in the top t- top 10 in prize money all time. And you're paying them in one year more than they've earned in their entire career. I'm not saying I agree with them signing. And as we told you earlier, Phil Mickelson lost all of his sponsors. Many of the golfers I'm about to name lost their sponsors as well. But Bryson DeChambeau went to the live golf tour. Brooks Kepka went to the golf tour, the live golf tour. Uh, Bubba Watson, who we've had on this show went to the live golf tour. Golf tour. And then, you know, one of the real up and comers in golf, Cam Smith, went to the Live Golf Tour. So they took some big names, Greg Norman and the Live Golf Tour. You know, they're flying them around in these fancy planes. They've got, you know, benefits for the caddies and for the wives. And, you know, they really have become the anti-PGA tour, which has always been very traditional, but a little stuffy. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit like uh, you know the members at the golf club in Caddyshack. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with these two tours. And another piece of breaking news that just came down today is the Masters said in 2023, hey, the guys from the Live Tour, they can play (laughs) in the Masters. So at least for now, this is a big victory for Phil Nicholson and Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Bubba Watson, because if the masters had said anyone on the live golf tour is forbidden from playing in the masters. Well, most of these guys, yes, they're playing for the money, but they're playing for the grand slams. That's where the legacy is. That's where the history is. And if you take that out of consideration for them and they can't play in the majors and the masters is one of, the most premier majors now you're really putting a a dent in the live tour well that didn't happen so it may happen eventually but for 2023 Griggs that might be one of the most entertaining I mean it's going to be like a a WWE (laughs) you know you you got the the black hats coming in and you got the good guys coming in and it's Rory versus DJ and it's Bryson DeChambeau versus Kepka, and it's You know, Cam Smith versus uh, whoever, Rory, um, it's going to be really interesting TV because it's almost like it's going to be the PGA versus the live tour. And whoever wins that tournament is going to have that feather in their cap for their respective tour.
0: It's the Super Bowl of golf big time right it, now. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the Masters is always must watch TV with just the PGA. And this is going to just bring the drama. And you can already hear the broadcasting and the stats showing the live stats for Phil and the PGA stats for Rory over here. And man, I think that is going to be cool. I'm glad that they're letting him in because that's going to be fun to watch. And they'll, I'm sure, have a lot of drama building up for that one. And who's going to come? Who's going to play? I'm looking forward to that.
1: And as traditional as the Masters is, hey, look, they... By their own TV time, they want great ratings. They want eyeballs on that thing. They're not stupid. They know that you pit PGA versus Liv. That's going to get a lot more attention than if you just said, this is only limited to the PGA Tour. And all the guys, and and most of the ones I've mentioned, Phil Mickelson has won the Masters. Uh, Bubba Watson has won the Masters. Dustin Johnson has won the Masters. So these are past champions too. Um, you got to let him in and let's let him go at it. And and I want to see some finger pointing and some smack talk and some uncomfortable uh, groupings of two. And, yeah. you know, how great would it be on the last day, the final round if the two leaders that tee off last one is from the PGA tour and one is from the live golf tour. That is must see TV. So um, you know, golf could be boring unless Tigers playing or, you know, Rory's doing something special. Um, uh, but now I think there's some added drama to this thing. And, you know, the the underlying part of this is look at how, you know, we've talked about the sports washing that's going on, whether it's the live golf tour, whether it's World Cup, or whether it's, you know, a Saudi team saying, Hey, Ronaldo, we'll pay you $200 million a year to play for our team. The sports washing is going on. Um, you know, the money is coming from bad sources. So that's definitely a part of the story. I don't want to dismiss that or discount that, but you know, the live tour forming, anytime you have competition in business, it's going to make the incumbent have to work harder. And the PGA tour had to change some rules this year that go find more money for bonuses and for prize money. And it made them step up their game and they've owned pro golf basically as a monopoly for many, many years. So if you like competition, if you like things changing and you like drama, well, you know, here you go. You got the PGA versus the live golf tour. We'll see how long live is around you know, I think it would be really interesting if in five years live goes under would the PGA tour, welcome back Dustin Johnson or a young cam Smith or a young Bryson De or, are those guys like out for life and they're never welcome back. And they've got to go start another live like tour in order to play golf and, and make money for the amounts of money that live is paid out. It's almost like those golfers said, look, I'm going to ask for so much money here. I'm going to assume that if this goes under and I can't get back to the PGA Tour, I'm set for the rest of my life because sponsors won't touch me. The PGA Tour may not take me back. Like I got to make sure that I'm covered for generations to come.
0: Yeah. And I think something to look, you know, in 2023 to watch with this live tour too is, and we've talked about before when we talked about this is, you know, streaming, do they get a streaming platform? Do they get some kind of a TV deal? Because you can't really watch it much now. It's mainly on Twitter highlights and random video clips here and there. So I think that's big. And obviously to keep them going and making money, they're going to have to start getting viewers easier than they have right now. So that'll be something to watch.
1: And they can wear shorts. So that's that's another thing. Phil is really enjoying uh, showing off his calves and and wearing shorts. So uh, again, they're kind of the anti-traditionalists. Yeah. Um, They don't have the history that the PGA Tour has, but it it was interesting to watch. It's like the car accident you can't turn away from. Right. So, all right. Our fourth biggest sports business story of 2022. Two goats retire, both of them from the tennis world. Roger Federer, the owner of 20 Grand Slam titles, $1.1 billion in career earnings from prize money, endorsements, and appearance fees. He retired late in the year, played uh, his last tournament or last uh, competitive tennis at the Laver Cup in London. Actually, right after I had left, I wish I could have stayed and seen that. Um, it was really great to see how things ended. And, um, you know, a lot of pomp and circumstance and tears and you know, holding hands with Rafael Nadal, his, his longtime rival. Um, that was amazing to watch. And then, Serena Williams, you know, when she went out at the U.S. Open, that was the end for her. Although she kind of cracked the door open afterwards, but she earned four hundred and fifty million dollars in her career with prize money endorsements and appearance fees. She won twenty three Grand Slams. So, you know, when you're talking about the goats of tennis, you know, I know people will mention others, you know, Martina and Chris Evert on the women's side. You know, people will mention, obviously, uh, Nadal and and um, others on the men's side. But for my money, and, and I'm fortunate enough that I got to see both Federer and Serena play in person during my lifetime. Wow. I mean, you can't get much better than what they did. And I just told you the money they earned. And they were such the faces of tennis for pretty much two decades. Um. You yeah, know, it was really neat to see what they did over the course of their career. And you have to tip your cap to them at the end of their career for the longevity that they had and and playing at the highest levels for as long as they did.
0: Well, I mean, and Serena, I mean, what she did for women's tennis is it's unfathomable. I mean, the 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 girls that are playing now and the women that are coming up now, and it's just, it's incredible. It's just, uh, and I think Serena has, you know, encouraged and influenced so many women to play tennis. And we see it on the court. There's some amazing women's tennis players out there. And uh, when they are interviewed, a lot of them give credit to Serena, you know, getting them on the court. So, I mean, you talk about Bill Russell, 11 champs in 13 years, 20 grand slams for Federer and 23. That's It's unbelievable. I mean, that is yeah. so many wins. And I'm so jealous you got to see both of them live because on TV, they're just dominating. They go out there and it's just like, you just know they're going to win when they go out and play. It's just uh, phenom- phenomenal to watch those two.
1: Well, and Serena has got to be, not even in the conversation, like a surefire lock for Greatest woman athlete of all time. Yeah. Um, any sport, not just tennis, any sport. Um, you know, you put her up against the greatest in any other sport on the women's side. Um, like you said, what she meant to tennis. Um, if you've seen the movie King Richard, which won some awards, uh, you know, you see her backstory and, you know, the streets of Compton with her sister Venus. And, you know, she had a lot against her to even get out of that neighborhood. And play pro tennis, much less become the goat. So, um, two goats right off into the sunset. I'm sure, you know, the good thing about tennis is they can play exhibitions, they can play charity events, they can do commentating. Uh, you know, both are very tied into the business world and own businesses themselves and have lots invested in business and sport. So, sure, this isn't the last we've heard of them, but as far as playing competitive tennis, and competing for grand slams. And again, just like we talked about with the golfers for Serena and Federer, like that's what it was about for them is history. They wanted to win grand slam. They didn't care as much about winning, you know, a regular season tournament. They wanted to win Wimbledon and the Australian and the French and the U S that was what they knew would, you know, be on their resume, um, you know, Joker and um, Nadal have more grand slams than Federer but I'll take Federer. I mean, I love Nadal and I love Joker, but I, I, Federer was so graceful and there was literally no shot that he couldn't hit on a tennis court. He had everything in his bag. And again, getting to see him, he just like floated across the court, like a ballerina. And he always hit the ball right in the center of the racket on the strings, like never, you know, miss hit a shot. And, you know, Serena just had power, mm-hmm. and um, you know, could kill you with a serve, and you know, intimidated you. Uh, I thought she was a lot like Mike Tyson. You know, you walked onto the court against Serena, and you were like, "How many games <laughs> am I going to be able?" to? And I, right. I hope I don't lose six zero six zero. Right, right. Like I just want to win some games, and it wasn't as much the case at the end of her career when she slowed down, and my God, after she had a child, like. You know, her body changed. But um, when you walked onto the court against Serena, you were just hoping to survive and not get embarrassed, much less, you know, beat her and win.
0: Yeah. And I think one thing tennis does really well, too, is with the bringing these stars back to commentate. I mean, you see it on all the matches, you know, whether it's Chris Evert or, you know, any of these guys. And I love that because I think both these would be so fascinating to listen to watching these matches. So I I hope they maybe sign a little deal here and there with NBC or whoever's doing tennis. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, man, both of them intimidating in different ways. I love Roger Federer, too. Like, just the most even keel. Like, he didn't get mad. He didn't get screamy or yelly. He just went out there and hit the ball and knew how to hit it. And uh, yeah, they'll be missed on the court because they're both fun to watch.
1: All right. So if there's any executive from ESPN listening to this right now, I have an idea. I would like to propose a Manning cast type of broadcast <laughs> yeah. with Roger Federer and Serena Williams during the Grand Slams that you televised. Yes, Get it done. I want to see Roger. I want to see Serena. I want to see them commentating during the Grand Slams on a Manning cast. Let them bring on some guests. Mm-hmm. Think of the guests that they could bring on who right. wouldn't want to sit down with two goats. Let's get it done. I know you're going to have to pay some money. It's not my money. I don't have to put up the money, but I would like to see that. So ESPN or some big network, please get it
0: done. Good idea. I'm down with that. I would totally watch that one. All right. Our third biggest
1: story of the year 2022, the crash of crypto and the impact on the sports world. There were athlete deals gone bad, naming rights, deals that went bad. I'm not going to recap all of this because we went into this in depth on our November 15th edition of sports business radio and what it meant to Tom Brady getting sued and Steph Curry getting sued and FTX getting sued and having 17 of the 19 years left on the naming rights deal on the Miami heat arena. Um, You know, the Lakers and the Clippers play in the crypto.com arena, how long is it until that deal goes <laughs> bad? Um, you know, this was the the gold rush of you know athlete deals, naming rights deals, and it looked all so great and then it crashed. And now everyone's getting sued. And like I said, I'm not gonna go into it in detail because on the November 15th show we did. So go back and listen to that. But Greg, this was a huge story. And it's just the beginning. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be, uh, you know, athletes who said, hey, pay me in crypto instead of in in money, like dollars. And, you know, they're going to have lost money. We haven't heard the end of this. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an impact for a while.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's just a big story. And I think we talked about vetting owners, you know, when they, an, an owner is buying a team. It's like this kind of deal. This thing comes out. And they sign all these big names, but we have no history. We have no proof that this is going to be around for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. And sure enough, here it goes a year or two into it when it's like, all this new stuff, it's gone. And then, you know, their big mistake that they now know is signing these huge names. You know, I mean, Tom Brady and Steph and all these guys in arenas. I mean, it's not something you can just, you know, push under the rug and it's gone in a day. No, it's going to be around for a while. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. Roan is the new official
1: menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best-fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in Uh, Heather gray, I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the 7-inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering Sports Business Radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter code SBR 15 at checkout, like Sports Business Radio 15. SBR 15 at checkout, receive 15% off your purchase. That's r h o n e R H O N E.com, and enter promo code SBR 15 at checkout.
0: Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger.
1: All right. The second biggest sports business story of 2022. Anytime we have major events, they tend to be at the top of our list. The Winter Olympics in China, they were held in Beijing from February 4th to the 20th. It's the first time a city has hosted both the summer and winter Olympic Games. It went off pretty smoothly. Um, You know, if you remember, you know, because of the pandemic and because it's in China and it's a communist country, and you know there were a lot of concerns going in, but all things considered, it, it, there were no major incidents during those Olympics, Gregs, and uh, you know they got good ratings on NBC, and people tuned in, and you know there were athletes who benefited from doing well in the Olympics. Um, I still just wonder about the long-term viability of the Olympics in general, because there's so much money that has been put into these venues and to the infrastructure of the city. And then in many cases they leave and it becomes a ghost town. And you look at Sochi in Russia, you look at, you know, Athens and Greece, you look at some of these places, Google the pictures. Now they're, they're ghost towns and, you know, they sold their soul in order to host, the Olympics. So it is at least good to see that Beijing has now hosted winter and summer. They could reuse some of the facilities, um, and there's some sustainability there. I think we're going to see that with LA in 2028 as well. Um, some of those facilities are going to be used again, and, and some of them are being built for other purposes to begin with, and they'll just happen to be used by the Olympics as well. But um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on on the Olympics?
0: Yeah, I thought, uh, once again, you know, NBC shows well. They do a good job with it. It always looks good. Uh I had some more streaming this time, which was kind of fun to, you know, be able to watch it on your phone or whatever. But uh yeah, overall I think it's good. And I think you bring up a good point too, that a lot of these with the Olympics, especially when they look at these cities that are gonna host it, maybe it should be more of these cities that have the infrastructure already built and they have the city and they have the support system around the city, because, man, I, those ghost town pictures are so sad when you see these countries that host it and spend all this money, and then it just goes to to ghost town and crap, and and that's sad to see. And, and you hear stories, too, about some of these Olympic villages and how dirty they are and how messy they are, and there's always backstories to everything. But, uh, you know, you and I both love the Olympic Games. Uh, it's fun to watch. It's always must-watch TV because it, it's, it's drama. There's always something going on. There's big stories. There's, you know, an injury here or uh, something here or whatever happens. Uh, you know, there's political... You know, infrastructure and things going on with it too. So it's always must watch TV. And uh, I am looking forward to having them, you know, in LA and see how the, the old US can handle them. So we'll see what happens.
1: All right. Our top story of the year 2022. And we went into great depth about this story on our November 28th show with Annie Peterson from the Associated Press, but it was the FIFA World Cup. Griggs, we told our audience that this was by far the most expensive. World Cup ever hosted 220 billion dollars. Like literally 150 billion dollars more than any other country had spent <laughs> to host. The it's almost like they built a whole new country. Yeah. for the World Cup and a whole new city and all new venues and you know so many political undertones to the World Cup. And again we cover those on our November 28th show. Um since that show, I mean, Grant Wall, the longtime soccer writer, died while covering the World Cup. Some people suspected foul play. The autopsy was done. It showed otherwise. But, you know, in that kind of a country, you got to at least raise an eyebrow and go, huh, you know he he was saying some things that uh, made the locals and the government a little bit upset. Um, but at the end of the day, What I think it will be remembered for the most is the most epic of finals. It was Argentina. It was France. It was the two best teams. Like by far, those were the two best teams. Two of the best players in the world just went at it. It was Mbappe. It was Messi. You know, I tweeted out this was the closest thing I've seen to Bird versus Magic. Yeah. When I was a kid and you watched the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. It was like, who's going to have the ball last? That's who's going to win. Because Bird and Magic, they're going to come up clutch every single time. Like, they just go at it. And Messi and Mbappe, Mbappe has a hat trick. Messi has two goals and an assist. Um, You know, they both played their best on the biggest of stages. The emotion, I mean, you hear about people from Argentina that you know, sold their homes and cashed in on their life savings in order to go to Qatar and watch Argentina win the World Cup. And they did. And you see just the streets of Buenos Aires flooded with the parade to celebrate Argentina winning the World Cup. And it means so much to these people and so much to these countries that win or, you know, compete for uh winning like France did. Um, but it was quite a showdown. Rarely do sporting events live up to the hype. Yeah. Most of the time it's like, oh, that Super Bowl was a blowout, or you know, that boxing match didn't turn out to be what we thought it would be. Or that final pairing at the Masters really landed with a thud. Mbappe versus Messi and France versus Argentina, it lived up to the hype.
0: Big time. And I mean, it started, Argentina got those two earlier goals and you're like, oh, come on, France got to come back here, right? And then a minute and 33 seconds and Bob Payne <laughs> knocks it too. And it's like, okay, now match on, here we go. And yeah. it was just, I couldn't turn away. I had to keep watching. We were texting during it too. It's just like, everybody needs to be watching this match because it is that good. And uh, I don't know if we've got ratings back because I think they were up against NFL, but uh, you know, I mean that you, you, you talk about what sport is the world sport. It is definitely football or soccer because those parades i mean argentina was just unreal how many people were in the city and you know messi got off the plane and holds up the trophy and everybody's just going nuts i mean it's it's so cool the passion that these fans have for their their national team and uh, man that was just phenomenal i mean world cup always is i mean that's about the only sport i'll get up for you know three in the morning to watch a (laughs) morocco versus whoever you know just because it's world cup you never know what's going to happen and it's fun so i love it
1: yeah 16.7 16.7 million people watched the final between Argentina and France, according to Fox Sports, the most watched uh soccer match ever in the history of the United States. Nice. So, um, and again, if you put this into NFL numbers, that's like a mediocre NFL weekend. That's a bad game on Amazon on a Thursday <laughs> night. The Super Bowl is getting a hundred plus million viewers, but In the US, this isn't globally, because globally, the number probably does approach 100 million, at least, maybe more than that. Um, But in the US, 16.7 million people tuned in to watch Argentina and France on Fox. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it lived up to the hype, like I said. Um, You know, I don't think Qatar should ever host another major event. They want to host the Olympics in the future, as we detail on our November 28th show. That should not happen, um, and we tell you why in that November twenty eighth show. But Griggs, that's our top story: uh, FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It wasn't just about the soccer; it was about the politics. It was about basically constructing a whole new city. Yeah, um, spending two hundred twenty billion dollars. Um, you know, all the TV and the streaming, and you know everything that went into this huge undertaking. And, you know, the eyeballs from all over the world being focused on this thing, I felt like that was a much bigger event than the Winter Olympics in China. Um, I didn't hear the buzz around the Winter Olympics in China that I heard around World Cup. And, uh, you know, the viewership numbers, uh, you know, basically backed me up there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, looking forward to 2023, you got the Women's World Cup coming up in July and August. That's going to be fun. That's just as awesome. I mean, I love it. USA's favored probably in that one, but, uh, you know, it, it's fun. And then in 2026, we got World Cup in the U.S. and three nations, kind of, the USA, Mexico, and Canada. That'll be interesting to see. 16 venues for the 2026 World Cup. That'll be fun to see.
1: Yeah. It will be fun to see. It'll be interesting to see what changes in the world between yeah. You know, now and then, um, you know, again, if you had asked us on our year-end show a couple of years ago, Hey, is there a pandemic coming? <laughs> you know, we didn't even know what a pandemic was. Right. Um, and it came. So you really do have to plan for scenario A, B, C, D, E, F, and G now. Yeah. Um, if you're one of these major events, you know, what happens if you can't play in front of fans, what happens if, you know, you have to just stream it or, You know, there's all these different scenarios that you have to look at now. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see with these, you know, major events. And then, you know, just all the sports leagues um, and everything coming up. The, you know, some other things that stood out in my mind that weren't on the list this year. You know, just the transformation of the NWSL, right? It went through a lot this year. We had Jessica Berman, the commissioner of the league on this year. I would invite you to listen to that interview. Um, I think she's a good leader. The league is in good hands. They've started this uh, you know, board of advisors of current and former players, which I think is really smart. But the growth of women's sports, the WNBA and the NWSL, there's more money being invested into these teams and leagues. Sponsors are really starting to get behind it. Franchise values are increasing. Um, if you see what's happening in Angel City FC, you know, we had Abby Wambach on. She's part owner of that team um, a year ago. And, you know, it's all trending in the right direction. And as I've said, when people have interviewed me this year, I've said, you know, if you're looking to invest in something, I think women's sports has the most upside right now. So, you know, I still stand behind that. Um, Carly Lloyd was on uh, this year on the show, longtime U.S. Women's National Team member. She had some great things to say about the current and hopefully future state of uh, women's sports. So um, just some great guests. I mean, you know, I feel like this year, um, you know, we had some really good guests on the show. And I thank everyone for sitting down with us and, and talking with us and sharing their insight. And, you know, it's just remarkable when we started this show in 2004, a lot of the athletes we had on, they would come on and talk about, oh, I have an endorsement deal with Nike or I've got an endorsement deal with McDonald's or now you have athletes like Malcolm Jenkins on and Carly Lloyd and Sue Bird and Abby Wambach and they're the CEO of their own portfolio. Like they are, you know, owning restaurants. They are starting sports and apparel companies. They're investors in teams and leagues. Like they are you know, mini moguls and they took what they learned while they were playing and they built relationships while they were playing and they've parlayed it into being, you know, mini moguls when they are done and they're, uh, invested in so many different things. They have diverse portfolios. They're providing jobs for many. They're really smart, you know? So the day of, uh, you know, the athlete who went broke, or didn't invest their money wisely, or, you know, only gets paid by an endorser and they're not an investor. Those are over. Like these are some really smart, savvy athletes that we have on. Um, You know, we've had some great coaches on. I always love when we get the ownership perspective or the president perspective, leaders of organizations like the Tampa Bay lightning and the golden state warriors who, as I've said, in the last 10 years, I'll put their success up against anyone and in their respective leagues, the NHL and the NBA. So, um, you know, I feel like I've said this since 2004, we all get smarter, including us, when we listen to the people who join us on sports business radio, it is like a masterclass and listening to them, share their wisdom of, you know, what they've learned, how they've created championship organizations and cultures and sustained it for long amounts of time, like the warriors and the lightning. And, you know, I have been doing this now for 19 years. You've been with me for most of that journey. I'm not even close to board. No, I am still curious. I still want to talk to a lot of people. So unfortunately sports business radio listeners, even though I probably had the toughest worst year of my life personally, and you know, I won't go into that now, but I might in the future on another platform, Um, you know, I still get excited about doing the show each week and interviewing our guests and interacting with our audience on our social media platforms. Um, And obviously, Griggs, you know, being here with you every week. So um, I hope we're doing this for a long time. We're coming up on 20 years in, in 2024. So. Um, you know, we want to do a big blowout for that, but, uh, you know, it was a fun ride this year in, in the realm of sports business radio.
0: Well, and I think like you mentioned too, it's, it's so much more than just like in our name, sports business. Well, yeah, it's more than just sports because there's so much behind the scenes and the stuff you can learn that we've learned from these guests this year about their brand and about what they've done off the court or off the field. It's fascinating because, you know, their window of sport is 10 years, five years, 15 years, and then they've got you know, hopefully 50, 60 years of living life after that. And that's where, you know, becoming your own brand and and investing with these people and, and what they say on and off the the field in court. It's fascinating. So yeah, I think I learned so much more this year. I think that any year I feel like we really just dug into some great conversations about, you know, life with these people and what they do off the court. So yeah, fascinating stuff. And I love doing it and I, I don't get bored either. It's always fun.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to thank our sponsors who, you know, without them, this show wouldn't be possible. Uh, Roan, the official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio, just love their stuff. Um, You know, love Nate Jackets and his team and what they're doing there. Not only with their clothing, but, you know, in the realm of uh, mental health, um, so many other initiatives that they have going on. Boingo is our longtime partner of the Sports Business Radio Roadshow. It was great to see their CEO, Mike Fenley, at our event in San Francisco with the Warriors last week. Um, Underdog Fantasy. You know, we have so much fun competing against each other. Griggs, I kicked your rear in Best Ball Mania (laughs) 3. So that was was fun. And, um, you know, it just makes the game so much more interesting to watch when, um, you know, we've got some competition going um an inside tracker. I mean, we're all trying to be healthier and they're about as good as it gets when it comes to, you know, really giving us data and analytics about our health. So, you know, our sponsors are are wonderful. We thank them. Um, you know, I'd be remiss to not thank CG Sports who powers Sports Business Radio, you know, CG Young, Matt Maryland. Um, You know, we've got Nicole who helps us with all of our graphics. Look at these cool backgrounds that we have. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, Calvin does our YouTube videos and our social media clips. Um, So we've got a really good team. Um, I'm excited about what 2023 holds. I really do think it might be our best year ever at the end of the day. Um, We've got some exciting things planned that we can tell you more about in the new year, but uh, you know, It's not just us two knuckleheads that are making this operation go. We've got the help of CG sports. We've got the help of our sponsors, um, you know, and our listeners. I I love hearing from people around the world. That's the thing that's cool about this show is since it's a podcast, anyone around the world can listen. You can listen on your own time on demand. Um, There's no barriers or boundaries. Um, We could have someone in Qatar reach out. We could have someone in, Russia reach out. I've had people in Australia reach out. Obviously, we hear from people here in the States. It was so much fun for me to go to Europe and to do a couple shows from London and dive in to the business of you know English soccer. And you know, if you haven't listened to those shows, those are really insightful and informative. We heard from someone, you know, a GM who builds a, a team and is in charge of a roster. We heard from an owner um you know there's a lot of differences between american soccer and english soccer um and it was fascinating for me to get to see it and people had been saying for years hey burger you know go over to europe and and compare and contrast so we finally got to do that and and it was an interesting time to be over there the queen died the day i landed totally unexpected so you know i was there during a historic time um but yeah, Griggs, it's been an interesting year. Um, you know, thank you for all your great work and everything that you do. And um, you know, I love when we go out like to the roadshows and stuff and people, you know, it's like, hey, there's Griggs, <laughs> like, you know, you're you're certainly a character on this show as well and and synonymous with sports business radio. And, you know, you know me for good or for bad, I, I hold people to high standards. Sure. Um, and you know, you meet those standards week after week. So I appreciate it.
0: And I appreciate that. And I, I thank you for the opportunity and the traveling is always fun. It's so fun to be back out traveling finally and seeing people and meeting our sponsors and hanging out. And, uh, man, just that personal touch, you know, is, is so huge and just being together with people. So yeah, it's fun. It's been a great year. I'm looking forward to 2023 and just, uh, you know, the fun of talking to people and learning more and, uh, the masterclass continues, right?
1: Is there anything in 2023 that you're either looking forward to and or predict?
0: Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier, I, I love the women's world cup is so fun and that USA team is just must watch TV. And some of those women are just iconic athletes. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's uh late July and August. So that will be on my, uh, phone or tablet or however I'm watching it. Uh, looking forward to that. I think USA is going to do good and should probably hopefully win it. But, uh, I think, uh, you know, we always talk about NBA Finals and Super Bowl. Those are two big ones to watch. I kind of think, uh, can the Eagles keep it going? I don't know. If Jalen Hurts is uh, unhealthy, I don't know if they can keep on winning. But uh, I think uh, Eagles and KC might be a fun Super Bowl if that works out. And then uh, let's get the Nuggets into the NBA Finals. It's been a while for them. Wow! Yeah, let's get the Bucks versus Nuggets. I'm calling that for the NBA Finals. So we'll see if uh, the Greek freak freaking uh, Jokic can get at it. So that'll be fun to watch. Those are my, those are my ones for this year.
1: All right, those are all very good. Um, you know, we talked earlier in the show about the NBA media rights deal coming up. I think it's going to be record breaking. I think it's going to be, be mind boggling. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Turner re-signing. You know, the NBA on TNT studio crew to ten-year deals. I think Turner's going to step up with big money. You know, despite all the back and forth and the and the jockeying. Um, I won't be surprised if there's a considerable streaming element to an NBA deal. So will you be able to watch NBA games somewhere other than, um, you know, just on ESPN or Turner? Um, You know, the NFL media rights, um, you know, DirecTV has been the longtime home of the Sunday ticket. Where is that going to go? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Amazon? Is it going to be? You know, somewhere else, that's going to be something to really keep an eye on because it's been with Direct TV for many, many years. So that's going to change how we watch NFL on Sunday. Um, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the NBA championship. I think the Greek Freak, like you said, is is going to be back. I think they have Chris Middleton back. You know, we had uh, Mark Lazary on uh, in the last year, the governor of the Bucks, and you know, they have a really bright, smart front office and Um, you know, if I was starting an NBA team, I love Luca, I love Zion, but I'm taking Giannis every time. I mean, that guy just plays hard on every single play. And I think he's the best player in the NBA. Um, I think Tom Brady is going to wind up with the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's going to go home for his final season. Um, he wants to be near his parents. He's now divorced. Um, I think he wants to end it where it all began. And, You know, I am not sure the Niners think Trey Lance is ready. Garoppolo is out for the year. You know, uh, the quarterback who is Mr. Irrelevant that's playing for them now, Brock Purdy, you know, great story, but I think they're going to see if we can get Tom Brady for his final season in San Francisco. Um, So I think, you know, that's something on my radar as well. I said earlier in the year, If I was betting on one woman athlete for the next 10 years, I'm betting on Sophia Smith Mm. of the NWSL Mm -hmm. and the Portland Thorns and the US Women's National Team. I think she is a star in the making. I think she could be the next Alex Morgan, Mia Hamm, whatever, you know, iconic women's player that you want to put her next to Abby Wambach. But Sophia Smith, I'm buying all of her stock for the next 10 years. And, um, I think if there's companies out there that are smart, they're going to get in on her early. Um, and then, gosh, I had another one and I can't remember what it was, but those, yeah, those are some of my,
0: that cover some good ones.
1: Yeah. Those are some of my, uh, predictions. I, you know, major league baseball, um, they're spending a lot of money on these players. And, you know, like yeah. we said, we're seeing 10, 11, 12, 13 year deals. I just don't feel good about those. I, I think, you know, when you get into year seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 of those deals, you're going to start having buyers remorse. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love Dansby Swanson going to the Cubs. Um. You know, that was a, a good deal. It was seven years mm-hmm. and he's a young player, but you know, you're not giving him 13 years or 10 years or these long-term contracts that we're seeing. Um, yeah. It's great for the player. If, if, you're an injury prone player. Like again, if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm signing a 10-year deal cuz yeah. I get hurt every other game. Right. But if I'm Aaron Judge, I'm not signing a 10-year deal. I'm signing a 5-year deal and I'm re-hitting the market. And you know, LeBron has done that masterfully during his career. He's signed, you know, one and two-year deals and has tested the market after those years. Um it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Lakers. I think they could blow that whole thing up. I think, you know, Anthony Davis, he showed he's got some, you know, great basketball in him with the 50 point games and stuff. But he also, like I just said, gets hurt all the time. LeBron is getting older, you know, do the Lakers blow it up and and start over and try and get some assets from those two players. I won't be surprised at the February trade deadline if they're out of it, um, if they blow it up and, and start over again. And, you know, There's nothing that sells better in sports, especially in the NBA than hope, right? Ooh, you know, look at the Oklahoma city thunder. We've got a good young core and we have like 18 draft picks in the next four years. Yeah. You can sell hope and people will buy it. I I think the Lakers might be better off selling hope and rebooting um, and getting rid of Anthony Davis and LeBron James um, before they don't have any market value or have a lot less market value than hanging on to them. And, you know, Oh, we got into the play-in big deal. You know, what is that going to get you? I do think the Lakers really want LeBron to break the all time scoring record Kareem's record in a Lakers uniform. Um, But if that happens and it happens before the February trade deadline, I think you could see LeBron and Anthony Davis in play on a, you know, we're going to, blow it up scenario in, in Lake or the Clippers have a new arena that are going to, it's going to be coming on board. So here's an interesting stat. Here's some inside, uh, an insider told me this. How about this? So a typical arena from top to bottom has anywhere between, you know, 400 and 500 bathrooms, depending on how carried away you want to get. I was told by a source that the new Clippers arena is going to have over 1,100 bathrooms in the new Clippers arena. And it's because Steve Ballmer doesn't want his fans missing any of the action. So what happens is you got to go to the bathroom. You miss a quarter. Yeah. You know, you decide you want to get something to eat. You miss two quarters. (laughs) He wants people to be able to go to the bathroom quickly and get back to their seat. I like it. So. I was told that this new arena for the Clippers is going to have more bathrooms in it than any arena in the world <laughs> because they they don't want people to miss the action. I think it's great. And if you're, you know, Steve Ballmer and you've got a $100 billion and money's no object, why not?
0: Why not? No, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean yeah. make the, lots of bathrooms in. Or make the experience more easy for the fan, you know? And we talk about that too with the different things with food, mobile app, and where it comes to your seat. We're seeing more of that because you don't want people, they're paying a lot of money for these games. You don't want them to have to get up and miss half the game, you know, wander around the concourse, getting food and go to the bathroom. So hey, I love it. Yeah.
1: I guess one other thing, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is I do think the Washington Commanders are gonna go for five billion dollars. So I think they're gonna be You know the most expensive franchise sold in north america the broncos have that record now 4.65 billion i think the commanders will get five because they're you know in washington dc yeah even though there's a lot of controversy around the organization i would expect a new owner to come in and clean house and reset the organization i do think ron rivera's done a great job there i mean there's a lot of noise there and Mm -hmm. um he's helped his players play through the noise and has done a pretty good job. So maybe they keep Ron Rivera, but uh, that's going to be an interesting story to watch too. So Greg, those are some of the things on the radar for 2023. Um, You know, it's been uh, a great year for sports business radio, not a good year for me personally, but uh, you know, we'll keep plugging along and, and, you know, hopefully the future improves And uh, again, thank you to you. Thank you to CG Sports. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. I hope everyone has a happy holiday season. I hope everyone's safe. Um, And we look forward to, you know, interacting with everyone in, in 2023. This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy app ever released and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today, we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, no long-term commitment, just sign up using promo code SBR and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play underdog fantasy on the underdog fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick 'em contest where I can bet the over under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the best ball mania three contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season. No waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio. Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and... Our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.